name is Christine and I'll be one of your online hosts for today. If this is your first time tuning in, we would love to welcome you. Please text me to 604-255-770 or visit MyThrive.info and we'll mail you your very own Thrive Stainless Steel water bottle. Attention all parents, don't forget to visit MyThrive.info slash ThriveKids so you can download the kids activity for today and follow along during our kids Zoom classes from 10.45 to 11.15 a.m. Our teachers are so excited to meet with the kids. There will be kids worship, a lesson and games, so come join us. I know lately we've all been spending a lot of time at home. So, what is your favorite at-home activity lately? It can be gardening, painting or playing video games. My favorite stay-at-home activity lately has been learning to cook some of my favorite dishes like baked oysters. Share in the chat room or turn the person next to you and tell them your favorite home activity. Also, we would love to see you tuning into Thrive Church Online. So take a selfie of yourself tuning into Thrive Church Online. Post it on all of your social media platforms. And be sure to tag us at hashtag Thrive Church Online. Now, I'm so excited for today's message. And I hope that you're just as excited as I am. So let's get to it. Hello, everybody, and whether you're joining us, watching at home, watching in your car, wherever in the world you are today watching the service, welcome to Thrive Church Online. I'm so excited to have you here with us. My name is JB, one of the pastors here at Thrive, and a big welcome to each and every one of you. In fact, if you are a first-time guest here, if this is your first time joining us, you are what we call our VIP, and we especially want to welcome you. In fact, we've got a little gift that we want to give you just to say thank you so much for joining us today. It's your very own Thrive Church stainless steel water bottle. If you want to go to mythrive.info, click that button that says new to Thrive. We'd love to connect with you and send that beautiful water bottle straight to your door just as a way to say thank you so much for joining us and being our VIP today. Can you give all of our VIPs a big hand today and welcome them to church today? So good to have you here. In fact, welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are here at Thrive Church. And so with that in mind, in your chat rooms right now, if you've got a neighbor sitting beside you watching the service, would you just welcome one of the church? Give them a high five, a handshake, a warm hug, or an air high five, an air handshake, an air hug, whatever's appropriate in your chat room. Just say good morning, good afternoon, whenever in the world you're watching the service right now, would you just do that? Let's welcome one of the house of God today. You guys are a beautiful church inside and out, and it's always such a joy to spend time together. No matter what kind of week you've had, no matter what kind of week it's been in this world, praise God that God's love is always worth celebrating, and because of Jesus, we always have hope. In fact, we call this year at Thrive the year of contagious hope. We're not here to spread COVID-19, but we're here to spread something that's even more contagious. It's even more powerful. It's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And so with that in mind, a big 
warm welcome to each and every one of you to Thrive Church Online. I'm so glad that you came. And hey, by the way, we have something special going on right after the service. It's something we call Meet the Pastors. And this isn't about us, the pastors. This is about you guys. If you are new to Thrive, if you just recently joined us in the past couple months, past few months, maybe you joined us at Christmas time, maybe someone at Thanksgiving gave you a pie and invited you to Thrive Church Online. And if we've never met, we would love to meet you. There's so many of you who've been joining us here online that we've never met before, and we would love the chance just to meet you. This is really a chance for us to you know, get to know you, a chance for you to ask any questions you want about Thrive Church, and it'll just be a fun, informal way to hang out just a little bit for maybe 10 minutes or so, just to say hi. It's not an interview. It's not an interrogation. Uh, unless you want to interrogate me, I guess you probably could if you want to, but the fact is this is just a chance for us to enjoy each other's company and to get to know somebody that we've never met before. It's not too late to sign up. There's a link in your chat room and on the screen, and we'd love to see you after the service for just a few minutes, just to say hi and just to get to know some of you that we've never met before. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, see you at Meet the Pastors? See you at Meet the Pastors. VIPs, first-time guests, I would love to see you at Meet the Pastors later on today. Another thing that I'm super excited about that's happening next week on January 24 is we're starting a brand new series here at Thrive that I am so excited about. It is called Heart at Rest heart at rest in a time where in a lot of different ways the world is experiencing a lot of unrest we want to talk about how to have a heart that's at rest jesus talks about how you and i we can have a rested heart even when stuff is busy even when stuff is maybe not exactly what we want to be even when things are crazy around the world praise god that because of jesus we have a way to have a rested heart and we want to talk about that in these coming weeks starting next week january 24 you don't want to miss it. So excited to do Heart at Rest with you. And finally, uh, we have something going on very special on February the 7th. It's the beginning of a brand new term at Thrive Discipleship School. And TDS, it's what we've created here at Thrive to help people grow in their relationship with God. And so if you're new to Thrive, you want to grow in your relationship with God, you're like, you know, 2021, I want to grow in my relationship with God, that you want, you got to sign up for TDS. It's happening on February the 7th. It's one of the best things we do here at Thrive Church. You can go to mythrive.info to sign up and to get more information on what that's all about. Ten powerful lessons packed into seven short weeks. There's online component. In fact, it's all online. And so that way you can do it wherever you are, uh, you know, in the world, at your in the convenience of your own home, whenever it's convenient for you. We'd love to have you join us for what's going to be a powerful time at Thrive Discipleship School. So it's great to have you all here. If you have your Bibles, it's time to get that out right now. And I'm just going to lead you in doing something that we do every single week. This is a way to get our hearts ready for the message right now. Just a fun way to declare what we believe about the Bible together. Would you hold up and you're like, so right now, it's a phone, it's a Bible, paper Bible, you know, it's a, it's, it's a device, an iPad, whatever it might be. Why don't you hold up in the air like so, and we're going to make this proclamation together right now. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word come in and change my life and I will never be the same in Jesus name I pray amen 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 well 
told you a bunch of really cool things that are happening after the service next week, the coming weeks. But I want to tell you, today is a very special day. We've got one of our Thrive Preaching students who's here to bring the Word of God today. You're going to be so blessed by his message today. Would you please give it up for the one and the only Raul Mazariego as he brings the message to us today. Let's give it up. Give a big hand to him. Let's give a big hand to God as well. Praise God. Good morning and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is Roel, just like Pastor JB said, and I am excited to bring today's message about transformation and wrestling. What? Yes, that's right. I said wrestling because today we are going to read some scripture where we learn about a man named Jacob and a wrestling account that he endures. And through that process, he is transformed into a new man. God gives him a new name, a new perspective, and a new walk. And that story of Jacob is our story. You know, many times we find ourselves wrestling with, you know, who are we uh, or who we wish to be. But you know what? God wants to settle that wrestling match in your mind, in your heart today by saying, this is who you are. This is the truth about you. And so, you know, people may think they know you, but they know a side of you, depending where they know you from, right? For instance, my kids know that I have a job. At least I hope they know that I have a job. But they will never really know the side of me of what it's like to work with me at, at my work. Same for my coworkers. They know that I'm a dad, but they won't know the expression of what it's like for me to be their dad. And my wife has it the best, right? My wife and I, we've been married for 10 years. Now, I think out of everybody I know, she knows me the best because she's known me for 20 years. 20 years this year. And so... She knows me, but not the way God knows me. See, God knows the truth about me because he created my identity. He knows who I really am. And so while we juggle with who are we in life, God wants to put that at peace and say, this is the truth about you. And so today, my message titled, WrestleMania, The Truth About You, we are going to read the account of Jacob and see how God used that moment to reveal to Jacob the truth about who he is in God's eyes. And if you're wondering, what does WrestleMania mean? Well, I'm playing with the word WrestleMania, which is this like tournament that happens in the world of wrestling entertainment. This is where the titles and, and the champions are announced, right? Everybody walks in and says, oh, I'm a champ, I'm a champ. But at the end of the night, the real champs are revealed, right? We know who withstands. And I believe in the same manner today, at the end of today's message, you will know the truth about you, that you're a champ. You are loved by God. And so we're going to read Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 to 28 to start. And as we read, I want to revisit each verse. And we're going to peel it like an onion because there's so much in this image of this story that I want to draw parallels to our lives. Because again, Jacob's story is our story of transformation. So are you ready with me, church? Can I hear you? Are you ready with me, church? All right. All right. So I'm going to need your help because remember, I'm a preaching student. So, I'm, you know, I'm getting used to this. So here we go. In a nice, loud, proud voice, read with me the first text of today. Let your neighbors know you're having church. Here we go. Genesis chapter 32, verse 24 through 28. And it reads, So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Then the man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, 
But Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Kind of a weird story, right? We, we see Jacob out of nowhere basically be attacked, right, by this man with no name. Um, in some Bibles, they may say that the angel of the Lord came, right? Um, but regardless, the focus is not on who his opponent was. It's on who Jacob is and will become. And so we see that the two start wrestling or fighting all night. And I started thinking, you know, is, is this possible? Can someone really fight? all night long. Now, I know some of you are probably fighting with your siblings for many years, so I'm not talking about like, you know, having a disagreement or an uh, an argument with someone. I'm talking about, you know, expending energy for a whole night. Is that possible? So, you know, being the preaching student that I am and the scholar that I am, I googled and I, I come to find out that there was a boxing match that lasted over seven hours over 105 rounds of boxing. And these guys ended up losing 10 pounds by the end of the match. Guys, that's for what we need for those of us who have gained the COVID weight, right? We just need to wrestle all night. These guys lost 10 pounds and no one won. That's the craziest thing. They Nobody won because it's said to believe that more than likely both boxers ended up breaking their hands by the 55th round. So all the rounds afterwards, they're just trying not to lose, right? Jacob did not leave here with broken hands. It says that he left with a wrenched hip. But I'm wondering, what does a wrenched hip mean? Well, let's read verse 25 again, but this time in God's words translation. You should see it on your screen. It says, when the man saw that he could not win against Jacob, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that it was dislocated as they wrestled. This man wrestled all night with Jacob, and as he's catching that it's dawn, as, you know, the sun's rising, he's like, hey, I gotta go. So he goes into Jacob and wrenches, dislocates his hip. Now, there's no way you got you can keep fighting after that. That has to be excruciating pain. I mean, excruciating. And so Jacob stops. Had he not been injured this way, I think Jacob would have kept going through the daybreak. That's just the stubbornness of what Jacob is demonstrating here, right? And so, It makes me think, here's the first parallel I want to draw. How many of us are wrestling with something longer than we should? Think about it. Is there something that we have been wrestling far long, for so far long that there's no result and maybe we run into pain? Why would God allow that? Well, maybe God will allow that pain to happen so you stop because Jacob stopped here, right? God is using that and saying, hey, you're going nowhere on your own. Stop. Don't injure yourself anymore. Let me intervene. And this whole story about a transformation through this wrestling account is about that. It's God saying, I want to intervene into your life. I want to come in into your life. So the fight lasts all night. And finally, it stops with this injury because God says, all right, this man will just keep going. Angel of the Lord or nameless man. Go ahead, do your thing. This is God orchestrating it, right? Verse 26 says, then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. See, this is how you recognize, like, you know, we've been fighting longer than we should. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now, what's Jacob thinking here? No, Jacob recognizes this injury was supernatural. This wasn't like the guy, you know, knew, you know, some martial art thing and no, It wasn't a pressure point. This was like a full-on 
dislocating the hip from the socket. And he's starting to recognize, hold on a second, this guy may be an angel of the Lord. And if he's not, this seems to be set up by God. And Jacob appears to be recognizing that and saying, I got to get something out of this. Hey, I lasted all night. I didn't lose. I didn't win, but I didn't lose. Let me at least get a blessing. But what I love about this is that God is setting him up. See, God knows how we're going to respond to situations. God goes like, I know you're going to ask for, for, for a blessing. And the one I want to give you is going to target your identity. Now watch this. Verse 27 said, the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Jacob's name meant heel catcher or deceiver. It's so weird, right? Why would you name your kid heel catcher? Well, it's because at birth, he's a twin. He grabs onto his older brother's heel. But the name, the sound of the name has this connection to being a, a, a cheater, a deceiver. Right. And so <clears throat> I don't think it was his mother's intention to call him a cheater. She was more describing what he did at birth that she probably thought was really cute or, or, or just memorable. But that name, that sound of his name meant too close, was, was too close to the negative sound of being a cheater. And that name does not match what God had intended for him. See, I, I need to take a quick uh, step backward into the life of Jacob and, and show something about Jacob with God. See, God had already favored Jacob, okay? God had already favored Jacob and his whole life, and this name Jacob, in the sense of being a deceiver, would not match what God had already called for his life. Let me read to you what God says to his mo Jacob's mother, Rebecca, in Genesis 25, verse 23, and you'll see it on your screen. Now, to clarify who's talking here, I did add uh, in the text, you know, who they're referring to. So watch this. This is God speaking to Rebecca. And he, God, told Rebecca, this is Jacob's mom, your two sons will become two separate nations. The younger of the two, Jacob, will be stronger. And the older son, Esau, this is Jacob's brother, will be his servant. This is a weird declaration. Because we have to understand that in, in these times, in this area, this region, this culture, the tradition is that the older son will receive a birthright blessing. What's a birthright blessing? Think of it as an inheritance. The inheritance is coming from God. It means that God will favor you. God will bless you. God will always be with you. And it naturally falls first on the oldest son. But God is telling Rebecca before these two are born, he says, I already know he's second in birth. But I'm going to bless him and I'm going to favor him. Wow. He's already chosen. He's already blessed. He's already favored. God said it clearly as day. He said the birthright blessing, essentially I'm giving it to Jacob, not to the older son. Now, here's the sad part. Jacob would not wait for God to do this. He would put it on himself to gain this birthright. And this is how he starts boxing himself into what the negative version of his name meant. He became a manipulator. He's tried doing life after his own efforts. Watch this. So not waiting for God, he manipulates his older brother Esau into gaining the birthright by taking advantage of his brother during a famished state. You see, Esau is like this hunter. 
burly man, strong. And one day coming from, maybe coming back from, from a hunt, he's like, oh, brother, I, I can't do this without you. Uh, I need food. Please fix me something up. And so I'm, you know, just this burly man. And, and I think of Jacob as like Jamie Oliver, you know, just master chef. Not that Jamie Oliver is like scrawny or anything. I'm just saying like he's this more domesticated guy. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll, I can make you something. But seeing the vulnerability of his brother, he kind of starts thinking about it. He's like, hold on a second. This dude will do anything for food. Like, I could give him water in a bowl and he'll take it. I'm going to try to get that birthright blessing. And so he says, hey, you want me to give you soup? I'll give you soup, but you got to give me your birthright blessing. And his brother being incredibly dramatic, and you can read it in Genesis, it says that, you know, what good will this birthright do for me if I'm dead? Yeah, take it. And so he takes it. And he swindles his older brother Esau for the birthright blessing for a bowl of soup. He took advantage of it. And you're like, well, that's kind of the older brother's fault. No, 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 no. Watch Jacob's heart. It goes on later on in life. He takes advantage of his father as well. His father's like basically on his deathbed. And he dresses up like his brother. He puts on sheepskin. So that just shows you how hairy Esau was, right? He puts on sheepskin. And he's like, oh, father, it's, uh, it's me, your older son. Bless me before you pass. And he's like, if. Huh, is it you? He's like, you sound it. No, 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 it's me. Go ahead, bless me. And he blessed him. When the brother finds out, when Esau finds out, he wants to kill him. His father is heartbroken for being deceived by his son. And so what does that do for Jacob? Jacob brings shame into his family. He brings shame upon his name. Can you imagine the, as it goes out? Oh, man, old man, old man Isaac, you know, he, he fell for his youngest son. He stole the, the birthright blessing. When we try to gain things that God has already given us, we can bring shame into our lives. And, and, and the other sad part is one of the issues about living life, not knowing who you are, is you'll work extra for the things God has already called for your life. Why? Let God bring forth, at the time he says it's right, the blessings that are meant for you. Why go out living on your own as a Jacob? Life without God is impossible. Now, verse 28 says, Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. You see, Jacob would become the father of the nation of Israel. And thank God that he changed the name. They would be called the Jacobites? Jacobites? No, they're known as the Israelites. And watch how beautiful this is. Israel means God overcomes. Can you imagine being a nation of cheaters? That's not the identity God had intended, that blessing that goes far back three generations. No, this identity of that nation needed to be centered around God. And God is tra starting the transformation in Jacob. This, his transformation needed to begin first with his identity. What was he known by? He says, no more are you known as a cheater. No more are you known by your past failures. No more will you be known by, by all the negative things that are said about you, the things you boxed yourself in, the things you decided to accept from others and say, that's who I am. You know, I have this long history of it. No, 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 no. He said, away. I'm wiping that clean. We're starting fresh today. Okay? We're starting fresh. Same thing for you, my friend. You're here not by happen chance. 
God has set this opportunity up, just like he set Jacob up with that opportunity to struggle that whole night, only to get to this point of transformation. God is saying, no more. Today, I want to wipe away your past. Your negative past, we're going to start over. We're going to have a new transformation beginning today. And I want to call you Israel. In other words, God overcomes. Your identity, my identity, is now centered with God. It has everything to do with God. It is about God. Your identity, your truth about yourself has everything to do about God. This wrestling encounter changed Jacob's name. But what I love about this, it does more than just change his name. Okay? So God's setting the standard. This is who I've called you to be. But now this is what I want you to see. See, God is going to change his perspective. Let's go to Genesis 32, now verse 30. It says, So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. See, Jacob again must have realized, Okay, something's happening here. My name's now becoming Israel. I fought all night with, I think, was an angel of the Lord, or maybe it was God himself. And as he's reflecting back, he's like, wait, I could have died. This guy just at the end of the night when he was done playing with me, basically snapped his fingers and dislocated me. And really, he's starting to see the expression of mercy over his life by God. And so he decides to call this area, this place where all of this took place. He says, this is the face of God. This is I just saw God face to face. You know what he saw? He saw mercy. He saw love. He, this is God's character. He's realizing God's not my enemy. God is not waiting for me to fall into uh, another sin so he can just say, ah, and lightning and thunder. You know how they paint God, right? You know how we paint God, right? Look, I'll be the first one to admit, I've had such a tough last, what, six weeks, and more so this last week. And there are moments where it feels like, God, are you upset with me? But that's not who God is. He's not vengeful towards his loved ones. He's not looking to destroy you. He, Jacob realizes here, God is a life giver, not a life taker, right? When we realize that our identity is tied to God, you will see God in the world around you. See, he named the place. He said, face of God, because I experienced God right here. He is the life giver. He is the ultimate expression of love and mercy. And friends, if you want to experience God face to face, I got the answer. It's Jesus. You want to see Jesus, then you get to see God. If you see Jesus, you will see love. If you see Jesus, you will see fulfillment. If you see Jesus, you will see purpose. Jesus is the answer to everything. Guys, the whole Bible it's just shadows in the Old Testament pointing to Jesus. And in the New Testament, it's just Jesus being revealed. All the layers being explained. This is who Jesus is. This is who Jesus is. Why? Because God is all about making that connection with you. That's your identity. It's tied to God. Jesus said it himself, John 14, 9. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? So for all you Phillips out there, quit asking. It's Jesus. But we are those Phillips, right? Those moments when we're like, God, just show me who you are. No, 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 no. Look to the Bible. It's Jesus. Jesus hasn't even left. He's always been there with us. God is life, and he is the giver of life. He doesn't want to see anyone destroyed. And Jacob is realizing that. 
Hey, he came to give me a new life. A re- Let's restart my life. I, Jacob's realizing, hey, I don't want to be known as this manipulator, this deceiver. I want that blessing that God is just placing in my life. And, and Jacob is realizing God is giving me a new life. John 6.40 says, For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them at the last day. In your Bibles, that text may be written in red ink. That is Jesus speaking himself. Let me read it again. For it is my Father's will, this is Jesus speaking, that all who see his Son, he's referring to himself, and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up that last day. And this is what I love. So God gave Jacob a new name, a new identity. He gave him a new perspective. He he made him see, look, I'm not your enemy. I'm here for you. But he also did something with his walk. And this is the reason why I wanted to share this message, because when I read this verse, it, it touched me so much. Because this event would not just stay in that text. He would walk away living out this transformation. Read with me Genesis 32, verse 31. It says, the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Fighting all night long, he could have scratched himself, cut a muscle, ripped the muscle, or or pulled the muscle, broken a bone. All these injuries would have eventually healed. Maybe a scar, but if he covers up, no one would know what happened. This limp was purposeful in that it would have to be with him forever. It was an outward expression of what God did inwardly that day. And that limp, can you imagine knowing Jacob as the cheater? Now he can't like cheat you because you're, you're kind of feeling bad for this guy. You, you see him kind of like, you know, do this limp like, what's up with Jacob? Oh, yeah, that's not my name no more. It's Israel. Get out of town. What does that mean? You know, and then he, it would give him the invitation to explain what he experienced. See, he named the place Peniel because he, or if he was in that area or if people were there, he wanted people to ask, why are we calling this place face of God? Is this where God lives? It would have given him the opportunity to explain the transformation. But even if he wasn't around there, wherever he walked, that limp followed him. And it would become that invitation to share his testimony. Same thing for us. The way we choose to live our lives is a testimony of what we're saying is living inside of us. What's living inside of you? Is it bitterness? Is it, is it, is it, is it resentment? Is it fear? Or is it life? Are you understanding that you have purpose, that there's more to you in this life than, than meets the eye? And when people see that, that in the middle of a storm, how are you so calm? And you're like, I'm not. But this isn't my storm to calm. This is God to take me through it. You know what I mean? That is that limp, that walk. And so his limp became his testimony. And the way we live our lives needs to be a reflection of the experiences we're going through as well. Acts 22.15 says this, For you are to be his witness, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. It is no wonder that Jesus says that when you receive him, when you become a follower, a believer, he instructs what to what, he instructs us to do what at the very beginning? To be baptized. Why? Are you graduating and becoming super holy? No, absolutely not. He's saying, why wait? Show your limp. 
Show that you are now dependent in me. Show of the transformation that is happening in you that I've already declared over your life. And when we talk, when we do the, the, the baptism, normally the people uh, uh, leading the baptism will say, you know, you're starting off as an old man and you're going to go in the water just like Jesus went, you know, uh, in, in the death. And as he rose, he came back in, in strength and victory. We're announcing the transformation that we are going to experience for the rest of our lives which God has already seen complete. See, he calls you perfect. He calls you saint. He calls you holy. And you're like, those. I've never felt any of those terms. And he says, yeah, I know you haven't felt it, but you've already become it. I've seen it. So you go in, you come out, a new person. Same for this walk. Our walk is meant to say day in and day out. We are just here to witness, to tell of what God has been doing in our lives. God's victories are now my victories. I don't see them all the time, but I know they're there and they're on their way. That is the mentality. God is changing the way you, you, you view yourself, others view you, but it all will culminate at the end with your walk. How do you think? How do you walk? How do you talk? How do you behave? All of this has to do with that transformation that God wants to do in your life. So the story of Jacob is our story as well. In God, we have a new name. And I love this because I actually don't like my name, Raul. Raul is kind of hard to say. And see, right now I'm saying it with, with the correct pronunciation in, in my culture. It's Spanish, right? Raul. Go ahead, say it with me. Raul. See, I've been called other things. I've been called Roll. Could be for my COVID way. I've been called Rule because I'm awesome, right? But I can't blame nobody for calling me not my full name correctly because it's hard to pronounce. But fortunately, in God... I have a beautiful new name, and it's his child. That's your name. Let me start by saying this. Jacob's story is our story. We, too, have received a new name. And no, it's not Israel, but it's like Israel. Let's start with this first new name of yours. It's you are his child. Read with me in John 3, verse 1. It says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. You've been, your name says you are chosen. Your name says you are loved. Your name says you are a child of God. Think about relationships, well, healthy relationships between a father and their kid. They're embraced. They're supported. They're encouraged. That's what we're supposed to do. Okay. Now, now don't mark the actual, you know, like how your father, because look, man, if my kids say, if God's supposed to be like my dad, he ain't always that great. Don't mark it with an earthly father. Just get the idea. Then what is God's role in your life? He is there to encourage you, to support you, to love you, to protect you, to provide for you. This comes with your identity. With your new name, you are a child of God. And there's layers to this. There is layers. And all of this comes about you putting your identity in God. See, all, look, the transformation in you is connected to God. Okay, if you, if you don't connect yourself with God... This doesn't really apply. The truth about you is you can't live life without God. And so the moment you do live life with God, you are connecting yourself with God. And his character becomes your truth, becomes your identity. Okay? So that's the beauty of God's uh, or of your identity is that it's in God. As long as you're in God, this applies to you. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Look, 
If you wish to be called a child of God, then that's what you are by receiving it and believing it because you are beginning to connect yourself with the identity of God, his character. And see, again, I said there's layers to being a child of God. Well, what are those layers? Let's read 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and God's special possessions that you possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light and again at the end of the verse there's your purpose it's to express praise to god of what he has called you in your life but going back to these four let's start with chosen what does it mean to be chosen it means you're enough man you may not have heard that all year long in 2020 but i'm here to tell you the truth about you is you're enough you are chosen. You are lovable. So when these thoughts about that, 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 that question your identity, oh, you're never loved. Oh, you're never enough. Wipe them away. Because the truth of the matter is, the Bible says that God has called you are chosen because you are a child of God. God has a purpose for you. He designed you with special traits and abilities. I cannot sing if my life depended on me. Okay? But I've learned that I have a way to talk to people. I have learned that I have a way to express through art. And these skills he has given me are to give him praise. He set me apart because it will connect me with other people like-minded so I can go and share this good news. You have a purpose. Oh, I'm not a preacher. No one called you to be a preacher. God has just called you to go testify, go share, go live your life at what it means to have God of the universe living in you. Bible said that you're also royal priesthood and special. What does that mean? Well, let's start with royal. You're only royal if somebody in your family is royal too. So who in our family is royal? It's God the Father. He is the king of kings. What does that mean for you? That means your value is not just priceless, but it's priceless plus royalty. This is high. No one maybe has ever said, oh, you mean the stars in the heaven. Well, guess what? God has meant it. He means it so much that he literally sent his son who was sitting on a throne in heaven, said, I need you to go on a rescue mission. I love this person so much. I can't live without him. We need to restore that connection. And so he goes on a rescue mission. He gives up his life so that you may experience life fully every day because you are royal. He's the king of kings. But that royalty elevates your value read with me deuteronomy 7 6 it says for you are a people holy to the lord your god the lord god has chosen you notice that he has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people his what this is what we got on the night highlight do whatever you need to do memorize it put it in your back pocket this is who you are his treasured possession I Googled a black denim jacket because it's my birth month and I'm dropping a huge hint for my wife. And I looked at this black jacket and, and it's no brand, okay? It's about $40. You can see it on your screen. It's very nice. The model looks great, okay? And I decided, okay, what about other jackets that look similar? What, what do they cost? They should all be about $40 if they look the same. Well, there's another one you can see now on your screen. It's $108. Why the 100% increase? Because of brand name recognition. This brand's so big that they don't even need to stitch it big. They put a little red tag on the side, and that little red tag says Levi's on it. That elevated a non-brand 
jacket to double the cost. And I said, oh, okay, maybe it's a fluke. Let me try again. So I kept looking for generic black jackets. I found another one. This one just dropped my jaw. You're going to see it on your screen. Same thing. Looks even more generic than the Levi's one, right? You can barely make hint that there's an F. And it's stitched in a dark ink that barely see it, right? This jacket costs $1,890. And I'm like, why? Does it come with subscription to something? Like, why is it so expensive? The name is Fendi. I don't know if you know what Fendi is, but apparently it's a designer. See, I, I don't dress like that, right? I didn't know. I'm like, why is it so much? For all we know, the material is coming from the same manufacturer in a warehouse in Myanmar. So why are the three jackets cut from the same cloth being, are, are being valued at different prices? It's the name that is associated with the jackets. And the same thing goes for you. You are not a generic jacket, my friend. You're Fendi. You're royalty. In God's eyes, you have been given a royal value. Give God some praise. He is good. This is the truth about you. Amen. That's right. You are his child. You are loved. You are chosen. You are a treasured possession to God. He loves you that much. Now, Jacob didn't receive just this new identity. He received a new perspective. So what does that mean for us? What is this transformation that God wants to do in our lives about our perspective? Well, it says that Jacob experienced that expression of mercy by God that he ended up in, in like in the overfilledness of that moment of gratitude. He calls the place face of God because he wanted to remind himself that God could have killed him, but he didn't. And what does that mean for us? What's the parallel to our lives? It's this. It's that in life, as children of God, we are not promised all things being good. I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. As a son of the king of the most high, life does not always look so easy. And I promise you, if we had more time, I could share my entire last week. It's bad. Okay? It's real bad. But what it means is the promise that God left for me as his child. Read Romans 8.28. It says, and we know that in all things, not some things, all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. This world is not perfect. Therefore, our experiences won't be perfect. But what God did promise, he says, even when you have bad things happen in your life, I will make sure that we will work this for your good. This means growth. This means God is developing character. He's revealing to you another thing that he can control, another thing that he can, can, can overcome in your life. Do you like job? It's not that God is, is, is punishing you. God is showing you, I will be the one to provide. Just show the faith in me. Just put your trust in me and I will get you there. It will happen. It is who you are. As a child of God, God will provide for you. He will care for you because he loves you and you are his treasured possession. I'm going to keep repeating it until it becomes true. See, last year I, I, I shared with you guys my pivotal moment story. And I explained that how much I tried so much out of my own efforts. I was like a Jacob, right? I did everything I could to, to stay in the U.S. I said, God, why are you punishing my family? Why are you splitting me up? I don't want to go to Canada. See, my eyes weren't focused on God. My eyes were focused on my circumstances. And I was blinded to see the mercy that God was expressing in my life and for my family. Because my daughter, when she was born in the U.S., perfect birth. 
no issues. I worked for the state. I had a really good job. Benefits were really good. And my bill after they covered $11,000 for her birth was about three or $4,000 that I had to pay out of pocket. Okay? Now, you're like, okay, big deal. Well, this is what happened for my son born here in Canada. He was born premature. So in other words, this was going to happen in the U.S. too. And he stayed in the hospital overnight for 21 days in the NICU. See my little boy just, you know, with all this incubation tubes and it broke my heart. I didn't even have a job when that happened here. But when I began to focus my eyes on God, I realized God was not harming us. He put us in a better situation. If my bill for my first kid was like that high, can you imagine for my son being almost there for a whole month? We were not mature enough to withstand that kind of, uh, uh, of problem in our lives. We would not have made it. Me and Marcy would have, for sure, we would have fought. We would have questioned God. This would have affected our marriage and our, relation, our marriage relationship with God. We were not mature for, for that to happen in the U.S. So God says, uh-uh, bringing you here, and I'm going to show you. I've been always keeping an eye. Before you even knew you had a problem, I'm going to bring you to Canada, and I'm going to express my mercy. You are going to see what it is to be dependent on me. See over there? My dad's got my back. My dad still has my back, but now I can depend on my dad to help me out because now I have to depend on my heavenly father to express that, that I am his child, that when I need a job, I will provide. He's always done it. You know, look, guys, I know we worry about jobs, about our health, and I'm not saying like to negate it. I get that. But if our focus is on the things above, God will take care of our needs. Seek the kingdom of God and his, uh, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Because you don't belong here on the earth. He says, don't leave your mind focused here on the stuff on the earth. John 15, 19 says, if you belong to the world, it would have loved you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of this world. That is why the world hates you. He has already called you his child and called you out of this world. You are now part of the realm of eternity, long lasting. When this world becomes a thing of the past, you'll still be there with God because he called you out. Because that's the truth about you. He's here to have a relationship with you. And he wants to walk with you. Jacob received a new name, a new perspective, and he also received a new walk. Remember, that injury in Jacob was deep within him. And God wants to reveal the same about you. He wants the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you express yourself, how you think, how you behave, all to show the transformation that God has uh, been started in your life, is working through your life. It's all meant for that. Your whole walk is the testimony to God. And I didn't plan this actually, but it, 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 I feel from the spirit to share this story real quick. I knew a guy that when we were in middle school, the guy was a jerk. Okay. He was a, just a, basically like, like the movie bully, right? Stereotype. And, you know, we, we grow up and, and, and go to different high schools and I didn't think much of him after that. Later on, like early college years, um, I'm really good friends with, with somebody back home. And he tells me, he's like, hey, do you remember uh, this guy? And, and I'll use his last name. Um, he says, do you remember Melville? And I'm like, oh, that guy? That guy was a punk. Literally, he was a punk. He had like the, the mohawk or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember him. What happened to him? He's like, dude, 
he needs God. I'm like, yeah, he does. He's like, no, no, no. Like, we've been talking, and, and he, he's, like, really freaked out about his neighbor who's a witch, and she's, like, casting spells on him. And I was like, okay. And he's like, can we go pray for him? I'm like, yeah, go for it. And he's like, no, 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 can you? See, my friend was new to God, and he wasn't really sure, like, how to start. Here was God knocking on my door and saying, hey, are you going to live with me and express it to the world? Are you going to answer that call? Because I'm setting you up. And in that moment, I'm thinking, that jerk? Do I really want him saved? Ooh, that's what I was thinking. In that moment, I needed to swallow my pride. And I was like, all right, man, I'll go with you in the car. So we get in the car and we get to the guy's house. And, you know, he may have been under the influence of drugs. He looked really freaked out. And in the moment, I'm just trying to, like, like, God, please don't let me get hurt. This is kind of creepy <laughs> for myself. I saw the neighbor, too, and it was like, you know, whatever they were doing. And, and I simply told my friend, or now he's my friend, I said, hey, Milbo, she has no power over you if you give your life to God. No one can defeat you. The Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And he's like, I want that. And I and in that moment, I started seeing the intention of his heart was so raw and real. He was ready for God in his life. And so I'm used to, you know, I grew, I've grown up in, in, in the gospel all my life. My dad's a pastor. And I'm used to my dad leading these types of prayers. And so here is God saying, it's your turn to walk. It's your turn to show the world what it means to have me in you. And so in that moment, I'm like, all right. I said, hey, man, let's, let's pray. He said, I don't even know how to pray. Can you pray for me? I was like, all right, just say these words with me. And I, I said, Jesus, invite you into my heart. Protect me. Amen. Because I, I don't know how to pray. <laughs> I, I was like, I hope that does it. He says, that's it. Do I have to wear a rosary? I'm like, rosaries ain't going to do nothing, man. I said, this is the power of God. She can charm, chant all she wants. That's Nothing's going to happen to you. And I was like, I hope that worked. And I walked away. The truth of the matter is that man would experience change for the rest of his life. I, I tell you what, it was amazing. Later that Friday when we had church service, um, you know, I told my dad, I said, hey, this guy from school from way back when is coming over. And, and uh, he speaks English, but it looks like he wants to turn his eye. He's like, great. But my dad didn't even change, like, the language. Like, it's a Spanish church anyways. So for one dude that speaks English, like, my dad's like, translate for him. And, and he ended up going with my friend's dad, who was, uh, like, a, a teacher for the youth ministry. And he would lead those discussions in English. And so my friend went down there, and, and down in the basement of the church and with the other kids, and he learned the gospel. And he would come back up, and he, he did the worship in Spanish. Guys, I tell you all this because this is the power of the walk in God, in your identity with God. This is how powerful it is. My man now serves uh, uh, the local church community in Spanish. He worships, he leads worship teams in Spanish. The guy's a gifted musician. He goes from playing Jimi Hendrix to now like Jesus Adrián Romero, which is an amazing gospel artist in Spanish. And he does this out of the love of his heart for Jesus. He goes out into the hood and he preaches the gospel raw. Is the man perfect? Of course not. But in that moment, to see him, I'm shocked. And I know everybody that knows him, that all of us that remember growing up with Melbo, the way he was, to see him now, you're like, okay, there's a God. 
There has to be. This, how do you change someone this dramatically? And he speaks Spanish now. He does have the gift of tongues. God said, I'm going to show you Spanish. He learned it. He preaches. I, I had to share it as I'm, I'm thinking about it because that is what the new walk in Christ is. It's not just lead, it, 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 it starts with leading others to God by expressing what God is doing in your life. Is your limp evident? Can people see that change has occurred in you? 2 Corinthians 5.17 through 19 says this, Whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creation. The old way of living has disappeared. Boy, is that not true for my man. I, I see and I'm still in awe. Not so much in him because I know it's God working in him. I'm like, wow, God's so real. I've seen other miracles, but honestly, when I see people's lives change, that to me is a better miracle. That's better than healing of the hand. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not going to be astounded. But I give God praise so much for when there's actual change in life. Because I know that is just so long lasting, right? It says, whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creation. The old way of living has disappeared. A new way of living has come into existence. God has done all this. He has restored our relationship with him through Christ and has given us this ministry of restoring relationships. Now, verse 19 is the purpose for our walk. It says, in other words, God was using Christ to restore his relationship with humanity. He didn't hold people's faults against them. And he has given us this message of restored relationships to tell others. Guys, our walk is meant to be evident. It's an opportunity to share with others of the restoration that God is doing in our lives. That is the purpose for our walk. God is in the business of restoring and not destroying lives. See, Satan will go around slandering his character and saying, you know, God is just waiting to, for you to mess up and he's going to punish you and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. That's not who God is. God is patient. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord isn't slow to do what he promised, as some people think. Rather, he is patient for your sake. He doesn't want to destroy anyone, but wants all people to have an opportunity to turn to him and change the way they think and act. There will be hundreds of people in this world that will never open a Bible. How will they know God? They'll know God through you. They'll know God through your life. They'll know God through your walk. They'll know God through the way you think, behave, and act. Because the way we live our lives, this walk will be evidence of what God is doing in our lives. Are you to be perfect? No, God's going to make you perfect. It's going to take time, yes, of course. But be patient with God and with yourself. This is a transformation that begins and is seen to the end once we're all in heaven. At that point, we're all transformed, fully complete, just like he always called it. But here in this world, through our troubles, through our peace times, all of this is building character of who you are in life. So I ask again, how are you walking? Are you walking around bitter, with fear, with resentment? Or are you walking confidently going, hey, if God is for me, who can be against me? 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9 says this, We are pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Those goals right there, right? Now, again, I, I shared earlier. This week, this verse was so hard to accept. So hard. I had just taken the last week of 2020 off 
for vacation. Now, I don't know how to vacation no more. Because while I'm on vacation, I'm stressing about work. Do you vacation like I do? And I'm thinking of all the emails that I'm going to come back to on the 4th of January when I get back to the office. And sure enough, when I did, over a thousand emails. Oh, I said, why? And and part of my New Year's resolution was, you know, I'm going to spend more intentional time with my kids. So I don't want to work overtime today. I just I need to get home. And all this while I'm onboarding new staff and trying to avoid getting COVID, you know, so I drove to work. And and as I'm heading back, I'm rushing out because I'm like, oh, man, of course, I worked late. I get to the car and I see it broken in. Glass everywhere. (laughs) And my reaction was like, no, 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 no. God, why? Are you mad at me? Look, there's a reason why I call this message WrestleMania. Life will make you question the truth about you and God. Your circumstances will challenge you and say, yeah, you're a child of God, all right. See, I can respond and accept those thoughts in my mind, or I can respond and go, no, 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 no. The Word of God says, hey, I'll be pressed, but I won't be crushed. I'll be persecuted, but I won't be destroyed. This is who I am because I am a child of God. I am his treasured possession. This is not how my story ends. This is just not how it ends. And so in this week, as I'm coming up with this message and I'm preparing for it, I had to remind myself, this is not how my story ends. So I asked the question for you. How will your story end? You know, will you live the rest of your life trying to figure out who you are? Or will you just accept the truth about who you are as explained by God through his eyes? That you are his child. You are his chosen one. He loves you. You are his royal priest. You are are, are holy. You are his treasured possession. Let's take this moment right now to respond and accept the truth that God has declared over your life. And you may be wondering, well, how do I do that? How do I start? Well, Romans 12, 2 says this, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Starts in the mind. So here's three things that you can do. Let's start with the mind. Surrender your mind over to God. Because this is where the battlefield lies. The thoughts will come in. You know, you'll, you'll view your circumstances. And it's up to you to choose. Am I this? My failures, my circumstances, my faults, my limitations? Or am I going to accept what God said about me? In the Bible. Second thing you can do is you can receive God's word daily. Look, guys, I fed so much scripture because I cannot make these things about about you. I said that in the title is this is the truth about you. And for all I know, the hundreds of you I've never met with, how can I stand here and declare truths about you without having ever met you? I can only do so under the authority of what the word of God says. What he has declared over your life is true. It's not because I said it, it's because he said it. So in other words, how are you going to make this truth about you more, more, more present in your life? You have to fill your mind, your heart with God's word. But, Ro, how do I start? Well, here at Thrive Church, we have a really good way of starting. It starts the game time with Pastor JB. He sends these daily emails where we read a little bit of scripture, and every day, you, you can read what God's word says and see principles that apply for you. And the more you build on that habit, the more you start collecting truth, more truth, because that leads us to the third thing that we can do to accepting God's truth about us. And that is this. Every thought that comes to your mind that says that this is who you are. And if it doesn't align with the things of God, you got to reject it. 
Third thing you got to do is you got to reject thoughts that do not line up with what God has said you are. Because who God says you are, you are is the ultimate authority over your life. But you have to choose to accept it. You have to choose to respond to it. And if that's you in this moment, I want to pray with you right now. Now here at Thrive Church, we made it a little easier. There's a QR code probably right now on your screen or a link coming up in your chat room. And you can go ahead and scan or click it. And while you're doing that, church, I ask that right now in this moment that you close your eyes and you begin to pray right now for those who are about to accept the Lord, that there be no disruption or interruption right now in their lives so that they make this prayer and declare God into their lives so they can go ahead and proceed with centering God in their lives. Let me lead you into this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you that because you love me, you died on the cross to pay for my sins and you rose again to give me life. Today I open up my heart and I ask you to forgive me of my sins and fill me with the, your Holy Spirit. I pray, I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you made that prayer and you meant it from your heart, let us know. We want to celebrate with you because now you are a child of God. And guess what? So am I. Woo! We're both children of God and you have a family. Thrive Church is your family. We want to celebrate with you and we want to commemorate this decision you made. There's a link popping up in the chat room or you can visit mythrive.info. There's a tile that says, I want to receive Jesus. Click that, fill that out so we know you made this decision and we're going to send you some gifts to help you on your new walk with life. Guys, today's the beginning of your transformation. It is an amazing day because you are a child of God. You are a treasured possession. He has chosen you. He loves you. You are royalty. You're not a generic brand jacket. God loves you. Let's celebrate. Now, I want to pray before we invite the worship team. I want to ask the question one more time to everybody. How will you respond today? How will your story end? Will it end with you knowing and living out that you are a child of God? Will it be one where your focus has been readjusted to place your eyes on the things above, on God in heaven, understanding that the things at night that keep you up in the long run won't matter because you are his treasured possession. You belong in heaven with him. Will you walk the life showing that God has lived in your heart, that God is moving in your heart, that he is transforming you? So you can show the restoration that has begun in you and you can share with the world around it. If that's you, then I want to pray with you today too. Let's close our eyes and let's do this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for revealing the truth about me. For revealing that you have given me a new name. That you are placing a new perspective where my focus is not on my problems, but on who you are and what you've offered me. Give me strength each day to walk strong and firm in your identity, knowing that if I get pressed, I will not be crushed. Because if you are for me, who can be against me? Thank you for your love and forgiveness and for choosing to call me your child. I believe that is who I am. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Let's worship together, child of God.
step down into darkness open my eyes let me see beauty that made this heart adore you hope of a life spent with you here I am to Shout in this place together right now. 
If just earlier today you prayed that prayer with Raul to receive Jesus Christ into your life, then a huge congratulations to you. And I want to encourage you to make the most out of the link that you're going to see on your screen right now in your chat room. There you're going to find a link where you can get to a gift that we want to give to you just to congratulate you on making this important decision to receive Jesus Christ into your life. Some gifts we want to give you to help you make the most out of that decision. And so huge congratulations to those of you. If you want to get baptized, uh, baptism is just the next natural step after receiving Jesus into your life. It's you saying, I know I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. His name is Jesus. That's all you're saying when you get baptized. I encourage you to go to myfrog.info for more info on baptism and to sign up for that. Uh, another thing to do is right now, if you call throughout church your home church, or you just believe in the work that God is doing here, then it's time to give our tithes and our offerings to God, knowing that when we seek God's kingdom first, he adds what? He adds everything we need. And so let's do that. Not only does he add everything we need, but he also builds his church through us. And so since this is the year of contagious hope, let's invest in the kingdom of God, knowing that God's going to use what you give to bring contagious hope to people in our city and around the world. Praise God. We're going to do that. At the same time, right after the service, we've got Meet the Pastors going on. It's not too late to join that. If you're new to Thrive, we'd love to meet you. Go to mythrive.info. Touch the the link meet the pastors also in the chat room you're going to see a link where you can go straight to that meeting on zoom we'd love to see you there we can't wait praise god next week is heart at rest a new series we're going to do you don't want to miss it that's it for all of us here have an amazing rest of your weekend and into a great start to the brand new week god is with you praise god the best is yet to come take care everybody love you guys thank you raul for your powerful message today all right Let's jump into some announcements. Once again, if this is your first time visiting us, let us know by texting me to 604-285-5770 or visit mythrive.info and we'll mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. It's our way to thank you for spending your time watching the Sunday service today. Also, we'd love to invite you for you to join us for Meet the Pastors on Zoom right after these announcements. It is the perfect opportunity for you to meet new friends, to ask questions, and to know more about Thrive Church. Head on over to MyThrive.info and click on Meet the Pastors on Zoom and it'll bring you directly into the Zoom meeting. All right, if you prayed the prayer early to receive Jesus Christ today, congratulations! Let us know by texting BELIEVE to 604-285-5770 or visit MyThrive.info and click I want to receive Jesus today. We have a prayer gift that includes a series of videos that may answer some of your questions about Christianity. It'll be mailed right to your door and we hope they'll guide you on the right path to follow Jesus. Also, if you'd like to get baptized or find out more about baptism, go to mythrive.info slash baptism. Thrive Discipleship School, also known as TDS, is happening February 7th to March 21st. TDS is an online course that helps you build a strong foundation for your growing relationship with God. This course is completely online and the registration deadline is February 7th. For more information or to sign up, please go to mythrive.info. Next week, it's going to be something very exciting happening here. And we're starting a brand new message series here at Thrive Church Online. And it's called Heart at Rest. We encourage you to invite all of your friends and family to tune in next week right here at Thrive Church Online. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings online at mythrive.info. I hope you all have a lovely Sunday morning. Enjoy the rest of the week. Keep warm. I'll see you next week right here at Thrive Church Online. Bye!